Corona, international waters in shambles. The Bucks running to the playoffs at anything but an amble. We could try, but we can never stay away from the NBA, from NDA. Here's your very own Ball is Bay, your favorite NBA podcast in an Indian accent. You're back at it again, being brown, being international and staying relatively humble. As I always say, it's easier to be humble when you don't have playoffs to look forward to in a couple of months' time. This week, the Bucks ran away on route, becoming the fastest team to secure a spot in the NBA playoffs, while the previous record holders, the 2015-16 Warriors, have quite the opposite story to tell. Speaking of polar things I've got with me, as always, my image from a convex mirror, holder of the win-win trophy for another year running due to technicality and worker extraordinaire, Vinita Devaya. Vinita, which city of the world are you in today? I am still in uh, Budapest, Hungary. I don't know. Last time, wasn't it? Was I in Vienna? No. I just come back. No, no. Vienna. You were in Budapest. I was in uh, Budapest itself. I think you just taught me how to say Budapest. Yes, it is the pest. Just... It's not the pest. <laughs> Yo, we, 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 uh, there's this uh, NBA India. I mean, it's not NBA India. It's an Indian basketballer who's a part of the NBA Academy who is also in Budapest. Really? And he shared some... And I saw some photo of... Uh, I think Buddha and Pest means something, something. And, yeah, uh, they said some, this, they said something about it in my in the tour. I didn't. I was not really listening ah, to it. They said it means two things. <laughs> so this is definitely not a knowledge podcast. Not a knowledge podcast. <laughs> okay, I mean, uh, we need. We have a special guest with us. We do have and, a very, uh, very special guest. And since he's uh, your first buddy, I would love if you introduced him to the world. Right. So today we have on our podcast a very good friend of mine. Uh, we've been we've known known each other for I think eight nine years now. Uh, we started our companies together. Uh, he's is far more successful than mine. Uh, <laughs> so welcome to our podcast, Bernie. Uh, hey guys. Hello. Hello. Hey man. Uh, so let's start off with you know just your journey with basketball. How you got. I know that you are from San Antonio, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, born and raised in San Antonio. Um, I, I was just telling you guys that I was lured to this podcast under the false pretense that it's a Spurs <laughs> podcast. So um, I was born and raised in San Antonio and uh, really got into basketball in 87, 88. Um, that's when David Robinson's first season, uh, the, the man, the admiral who... Uh, got drafted and then spent two years in the Navy because he's he's such an upstanding gentleman. And, <laughs> that um, he is. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, like, I, I, I was really in from that point on. Uh, in thinking about this podcast, I was just reflecting on the past 40 years and, um, you know, the, from all the way from the Rod Strickland over-the-head pass in the 1990 conference finals that would just broke our hearts. And then just think about how far we've come. You know, I'm, I'm really stretching in this season, the NBA season, to really kind of just remember the good times. Um, so all the great times in the past 30 like, years. We are, we are devoting an entire section to that good times. So. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, so I'll just say that that's how my journey started. Um, and uh, so I've been very Spurs-centric for, for many, many decades um, through the ugly 90s basketball, through the uh, Spurs-Lakers rivalries of the 2000s. And then through our uh, the end of our dynasty in this most recent decade, but uh, big NBA fan, it's hard for me to follow when we are the basement dwellers. But uh, I'll try to try to chip in and chime in here and there as we we go through the more current topics. Yeah. So, uh, so do you want so Ashwin? Do you want to start off with the Kobe tribute and and how what it, yeah what it meant for you? I mean, I think at one point I was just like maybe they're stretching it too much, uh, mm. but as a Kobe fan. Uh, how did you feel the tribute was and and uh, who's 
speech kind of spoke to you the most um i mean i i think the broadcast was set around 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning in india or was it 11 o'clock i i forgot but it was a pretty beautiful thing i mean especially them naming it the celebration of life of kobe and jana uh, i thought sent the right message and even the everyone who came in there they spoke about stories they were really mostly especially jordan and i mean obviously uh, vanessa and everyone <laughs> it, it was emotional as <laughs> and all it, the it others in the right sense it was in the in the right sense right i mean <laughs> the players were little somber but also they were like i mean it's over now but we have to celebrate the fact that you know we got to witness kobe we got to witness what he did what he stood for and all that so it was pretty special i i i, I mean i i think i mentioned in the previous episode that the all star game was when the whole memory of it came back right and and today i think is the one month anniversary of uh, kobe bryant's passing away which is it just seems unbelievable that one month ago when i heard that news i was like in complete shock yeah. absolute shock uh, it was pretty touching i mean bunny what about you did you manage to catch the trip yeah you know i i came it from it uh, you know my 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 history with kobe is um so long we 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 were he was our chief rival for so many years and he just stabbed the heart out of us in that 2000-2002 period yep. so many times that there was just a real hatred that that we had for him back in the day and and my uh co-founder my college roommate um my one of my he, my best friend he uh is a lifelong Lakers fan and i i think back to the days of Sega Dreamcast NBA 2K when Kobe unfairly was an absolutely unbeatable player in NBA 2K <laughs> and um you know it was basically a cheat code to play with him and so uh, but the, the journey it's just thinking back to like where we started with him and you know he everyone's like oh he's so arrogant so cocky and then uh i i have to admit i i begrudgingly started to respect him in the late 2000s as he willed those two lakers teams championships and then he uh i i honestly to be totally honest i think my first real respect for him came when he gave shout outs to Bruce Bowen for always being in his jersey and then so uh <laughs> But so then, you know, I I've, I've kind of come to view him as the grizzled old vet that uh we should all respect and definitely has accomplished a lot and obviously a top 10 of all time NBA player and um th- obviously a huge shock. You know, my favorite um uh, story or tribute came actually not from the memorial but when Shaq was talking um on TNT and he was just overcome with tears and just thinking about the history those guys had um that was really something to watch uh just seeing Shaq who's all normally just such this jovial prankster guy and then to see him so overcome with emotion and regretful about not reaching out more and and not always telling Kobe how he felt about him um that was just really hard to see and um you know just it's 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 so tragic to see someone in the prime of his life who already won an Oscar um just the 3 years after retiring that's incredible um so you know it, it's hard because we had still had decades left to debate about Kobe versus Duncan and now it you can't <laughs> well, I think, I think Duncan that. won that but let's let's not let's not go there right now I know but we we have to tread lightly right now right now but, we got um, right now we got to tread lightly but in 6 months it's okay <laughs> but yeah I I do have to admit he's he he really kind of showed us at the end just who he is and his competitive spirit um it was really moving to watch the the tributes obviously yeah i mean i think for me the most telling was uh, was mj uh you know it, like bernie said you know any spurs fan 
kind of hates Kobe for you know for it's it's kind of like you know the person that you hate most because you're afraid of him the most. And that's kind of the sort of subtle respect you have for for Kobe Bryant, uh, and just to see MJ kind of have that emotional response to uh, to Kobe's death uh, really put put into perspective for me how much everyone else respects him um, and how mm-hmm. much it means. Like I wasn't I wasn't aware like it meant so much to people. Like Kobe Bryant meant so mm. much to people. Uh, uh, so that was really good. And uh, so moving on to like lighter subjects milwaukee bucks i mean uh, vinith and i have a big uh, problem with them being in the east but still what they've done is uh, kind of ridiculous in this year getting to the playoffs uh, in the fastest like uh, like lowest amount of games played hmm. uh, we'll start with you vinith do you think this team is just like last year's but a little bit better but still a regular season team which is going to get uh, rack up a lot of wins but will get stopped because they are so dependent on one person or have you seen something that makes you think that you know this team this time will get to the finals i think they'll get i mean the nba finals or the eastern conference finals uh, i mean eastern conference finals they should get to but i'm thinking nba finals i mean i think you know i mean we have we have said this before like i think it's just like a problem with the eastern conference for some reason it's still shit so it's easy to, easier to rack up more wins against them uh, and i think the eastern conference is even weaker now now that lebron is not there and the only legit kawhi is not there kawhi is not there and like just there's no superstar except for giannis who's who's mm. producing at a high level so uh, as much as you know we should give credit to the bucks you know it, it sucks that they are in the east and mm. uh, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I still feel the Sixers have a shot, but they're just playing so bad and they're so inconsistent that <laughs> you just don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna shake up. But uh, Sixers have all, all the weapons to to defeat the Bucks easily. Uh, the Celtics have been playing really well. Yeah, still... yeah. I mean, their only weapon is uh, Joel Embiid. Like, I'm not sure matchup-wise who else they have as an advantage Tobias Harris is really good uh you have you know Ben Simmons is good uh then you have what's that guy's name man the center um Al Horford Al Horford is well good. but he's so you're, you're he's, four, he's four a little over of, the hill right now what <laughs> a little over the hill right now well I mean I think he, he can play a Mark Gasol kind of role for the Toronto Raptors like he can do you know you do you don't need <clears> someone <throat> to to be a you know a shack right you just need a guy who can mm-hmm. defend the post do the uh, be a you know top of the key screener and yeah. Al Horford does all Stretch of those things the floor. Really well. yeah so mm-hmm. i mean they have weapons at every position their their first five is is ridiculous uh, and i think they will get it together in the playoffs i think they're so good that they're just like slacking at this point that's 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 all i can but, say but that's the thing right like what i feel is you should have proved something before you can ta- get the license of you know i can slack off for a while like but, that this team has uh, yeah, not but done they're all millennials much right? millennials you know you know how millennials are they just they, they feel entitled to slack before doing anything so. <laughs> uh, okay i mean I, i'll come to bernie with this question i mean we all the Celtics because they're coached by Brad Stevens and because Game of Nobody Zones cares about Brad Stevens, Ashwin. Stop bringing <laughs> Brad Stevens and everything. Let me, let me finish there. <laughs> so they are kind of like the, you know, the Spurs of the East. 
all, all these uh, plays and uh, oh, wow. Matt Stevens. What a great coach. Anyways, so uh, I, I personally feel that the Celtics are a little bit more of a matchup problem for the uh, Bucks and in, and because they've they've been playing well, also they've been playing with that hunger. Key, you know, we need to do something. We need to uh, show them that we are not just young people. We are young people with skill. Mm-hmm. They have the long, lanky defenders. Yeah. They have uh, post plays. They have uh, a decent guard. They have three point shooters. I would feel that that is a more bigger matchup for the Bucks than the. But 76ers were just completely inconsistent. So what, what is your feels about it? Yeah, I, I do agree that I think the Celtics match up better with the Bucks. I think it feels to me like um, they're in the kind of stages of uh, the if you if you have an analog for Giannis with LeBron, where he was in the um, kind of stage of his career with the Cavs, where he's getting 60 to 70 wins a a year, but he hadn't quite broken through yet. And I think that feels like where Giannis is right now, where he kind of needs to really punch through that ceiling. And um, until he does that, there's probably, everyone has their playoff bruises. And I think he's, you can make an argument that he's in for one more year of playoff bruises before he breaks through and then really just asserts dominance over the entire league. Um, And so I I can totally see the argument you're making of where there's still like a year left before he begins his, his own 10-year dominance run where the Celtics could make some noise because they do match up well. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you hinting at a possible move to the Lakers, perhaps? As for like, That's how... For uh, Giannis. Oh, God. I would, I would stop watching the NBA at that point if that happened. <laughs> that's just not fun whatsoever. <laughs> uh, what if LeBron goes to the Bucks and then... Uh, Giannis goes to no, the no, no, no. I, I, I don't think LeBron is, LeBron is not good get, leaving leaving LA. Not leaving he's going to strong arm the LA. Lakers into drafting his son uh, so they can play together. So I think that's only happening in LA. Yeah, I think that's that's a crazy thing to happen. Uh, hey, yeah, draft is draft is a little bit far away though. We also have the great uh, Lamelo Ball <laughs> also in this year's draft. <laughs> the traitor, I love it. <laughs> okay, uh, speaking about. Uh, handsome i guess uh, steph curry the little boy genius boy wonder uh, i mean apart from putting up scandalous photos on instagram uh, he is now slated for a return to the nba and uh, god knows that me and vinita are like absolutely gra- grateful that he's back because we thought that he'd be playing this season he'd have that chip on his shoulder he'd be going off of 50 points a game and we had all those expectations and then he just you know it didn't work out that well mm-hmm. i mean so yes uh, what are, what are your feelings from this? I, I know there's no point, but uh, him coming back to the season. But what are you, are you expecting to see, like prime Steph Curry coming back and boom, 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 bringing the excitement back to the Oracle or the Chase Arena? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've got to think that he's going to come back and be the same old Steph and just get his reps in so that they can come out guns blazing next season. Um, I think it's. Uh, very begrudgingly, I, we have to start handing over the crown for the smartest franchise in the league to the Golden State Warriors because they are so lined up now to reload and just take another three or four or five years of shots at the title. Um, and I'm so jealous at how smartly they've played this Kevin Durant situation. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think, I think he's going to come back. He's going to look great, get his reps in, and um, the league's going to be on notice for what's going to happen next season. We've got uh, 30 games left in the season. Mm-hmm. Close to that much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he could win 30 but, uh, games uh, all by himself. 
Champions. They could go on a 30-0 run. It's possible. They could have gone that in the beginning of the season. Now, uh, won't you want more lottery balls? Or uh, how does this work? I mean, you, you can't do good now, right? I mean, it, it destroys the purpose of tanking for the whole year. Yeah, if Steph comes back and they win 30 games. Oh, yeah. That, that would be fantastic. The Spurs, I mean, we're <laughs> headed in one direction. And so, uh, for us to reach that, that seller first would be uh, huge for us. <laughs> My oh, be- before before we go uh, to the glory days of the Spurs, uh, Bernie, what do you think? Oh God! The, the, what do you think that uh, the Spurs should do right now? Like, what's the strategy? Boy, do they, uh, talk about do like they, we have strategy. There isn't. I mean, so there isn't I, a strategy. Are, are we are we in the uh, Spurs talk section yet? Because yes, yes, yes. I think I think, I I think we are. We are. Finally. I, I think we can uh, seamlessly go into it. No one here cares about the Bucks or the Warriors. Everyone wants to hear Nobody about the Spurs. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I am, as a four-decade Spurs fan, officially worried about our new GM and his tenure. And uh, I would have loved to see something happen with DeMar's contract at the trade deadline, but nothing has happened. Um, I think we are now uh, have no good choices this coming summer. Because, uh, as has been written, we if we lose him to free agency, we still don't get that cap space back. So it's not like we can sign someone else for twenty plus million a year. Can so um, we've I, we've got nothing. I've, I've always said in RC we trust, but I'm starting to get really nervous <laughs> about what the game plan is here. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think Ashwin really pays attention to this. <laughs> care about us first so, uh, my okay see my hashtag oh, thunder up is uh, making me proud so yeah I, I don't think i don't think there is a game plan i think uh, i think Kawhi really fucked us uh, yep uh, ev- ev- everything was kind of like aligned to Kawhi as the next guy and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I, I really i think that we have no plan uh, <laughs> i think popovich is going to leave soon which he should i think he's, yeah, old, yep. he's done his job you know he's, yep. he's done his thing uh, and whoever takes over from him is probably going to have, uh, you know, too many expectations. Uh, no one's going to land a Timmy again. Um, so I think I think the you know uh, there is no solution. I think the only thing wow. we can hope for is another another like. Uh, I don't. Know, do you do you like any of the young guys? Um, you know, I know it's probably boy. This is just such a sad segment. <laughs> Like I, I, do, I really like Derek White. I really like Derek White. Um, you know, I, I think he has a higher ceiling than some people think, even though he's been very up and down this season. Um, DeJounte has flashes where he's just a lockdown defender, but he needs to put on some weight and be a little bit more durable and a little bit more consistent. Um, but uh, it's hard to, beyond that, I, I don't know where the hope is. So it's just... <laughs> You know we're 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 one season too late for Zion, so I don't know what we're hoping for right now. What about you? What about you? Who do you think is our uh, our our hope? I mean, I I think the more important question, at least from my perspective, is that do you think Popovich is gonna stick for longer, or uh, is there a change at that position as well? I think Popovich should leave. Um, you know, I think he's got such a good uh, win record that he should not f- it up anymore. <laughs> And he should go on as one of the most successful coaches without like racking up all those losses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's oh so God. true. So, so that, that, that's yeah. my hope for Popovich. Is like he goes on a high. Uh, he does not have too many losses on his record. 
because it's not his mistake now. I mean, you know, uh, the thing that a lot of people forget is like Popovich is a great coach, uh, but he wasn't nobody till Timmy came in. You know, he was just he mm-hmm. had just come in. Mm-hmm. And kind of, uh, I always make this comparison between Kobe and Timmy is that like Kobe had Phil Jackson, and Timmy had Popovich, who was a nobody at that time. So mm-hmm. Timmy made Popovich one of the greatest coaches of all time. That's how I look at it. Uh, and Popovich also says it is like you can't go wrong with like drafting Tim Duncan. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just think Popovich should go on a high. He should be like, all right, yeah. I did my thing. I was able to keep everybody together for 20 years, most winningest coach of all time, and and just go on a high note. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. Sipis uh, Merlot or whatever his favorite wine is. Yeah, yeah, I've heard some I'd... crazy stories about all the wines that he personally selects and you know asks people to like the first whole chemistry was built around wine and I, 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 I wouldn't opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Duncan comes back and starts playing he looks in good, he looks in good shape <laughs> don't get me excited here he does look in good shape okay I mean uh, let's move away from all this sadness about uh, uh, Spurs and you know let's talk about I, I know Vinit started following the Spurs after Timmy was there Mm-hmm. After Timmy was there, as in, I, I think around 2001 or something, because yeah. you, were sta- you started off as a Lakers fan. I was a Lakers for, fan. And then moved on to this. But uh, Bernie, like, can you take us through that part where Spurs were not a winning team? So you must have been a uh, been a fan of this in the 87, like, like you mentioned, David Robinson. Yeah, I mean, so when David Robinson came, it was just, it completely transformed us. We were such a backwater no one thought of us nba town he comes um and we're always you know robinson's thrown up quadruple doubles and i i I remember watching the 71 point game where he bested Shaq for the scoring title um this guy was a beast and we we were really just on the cusp and then olajuwon just destroyed us in the uh, 95 (laughs) conference finals and so you know, it was looking really bad. And then Robinson, you know, people will say we tanked, but this is a legit injury. He had a broken foot. So, um, okay, all right, cool. We <laughs> believe that. <laughs> uh, we do not tank. We're a very honorable franchise. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember. I, would, I, I don't think David Robinson is the kind of player who say, like, I'll tank. It's okay with me to tank. Not at all. Absolutely. No, He's he the admiral. Have. Didn't I just tell you he took two years off after the draft to go serve in the Navy? So this yeah. guy is uh, he's an honorable man. And uh, so uh, you, you mentioned Pop when he first took over. Uh, when you lived in San Antonio at the time, it was seen as if he was like uh, Judas. You know, like he had stabbed, I think it was Brian Hill was the coach right before in the back. And um, we were kind of like, just show show us, show us your good coach. But when Timmy came, he was, I mean, I, I still remember one of my most vivid memories was uh, in that 97 draft, just jumping into the arms of my brother and our friends. We were so overjoyed. So um, for us to win a title in year two in what Phil Jackson so stupidly calls an asterisk title, but was very, very valid. Uh, and I don't understand, by the way, why they don't call the 2013 championship an asterisk title. That was also a shortened season. So just complete BS. Yes, I agree. The Thunder should have won that city. <laughs> <laughs> That's another topic. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, but to um, you know to to see that happen, that was also ninety nine was the year of the Memorial Day miracle where Sean Elliott's heels uh, stayed above the sideline and he hit a three to beat the Jailblazers. Amazing! 
And that was really just like catharsis for the entire city of San Antonio, where we had endured this 15 years of always just being also rans, almost, almost. And then to break through in, in 99. And then uh, there's an amazing uh, actual podcast that came out this week from the Book of Basketball 2.0, where they covered the 2003 team, which was just so much fun with Steven Jackson, the craziest Captain Jack. Um, And then as well as uh, the Steve Kerr game against the Mavericks, where he came back and hit six threes in the second half um, to to really become all of a sudden the, the clutch champions team to see Manu in 05 with his flowing locks of gold and, um, just the what a guy. he was amazing you know to see him oh I, I still remember his uh, taking the ball around his waist and slamming home over the Lakers uh, in the playoffs just it was so that was also catharsis to finally get over the Lakers in the Shaq Kobe hump in 03 um, and, and to really become just you expected greatness every single year and we contended for 15 20 years solid where we were one of the top two or three teams in the league and um, you know uh, Vinit, you and I met uh, in 2012, and that was the uh, fateful OKC series where we went up 2-0 big, and then OKC came back and won four straight. Yeah. And uh, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> what a great series. And let's talk about that. <laughs> that was really let's just my prelude. That. <laughs> that was the prelude to uh, the, the meat of what we should talk about, which was the 14 <laughs> comeback series. But, oh. yeah, no, the, the Russ, Harden, Durant teams were – just a an absolute beast of a team athletically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was quite the series. But uh, as a non a great Spurs fan, I mean, obviously, uh, one of the great uh, YouTube things that I've seen is this uh, video called the what, it's not the, the beautiful game. Yes. Which has this uh, nice uh, Italian music playing yeah. in the background <laughs> and this uh, montage of the Spurs like passing, 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 passing. Everyone just. Being like okay, they hyping up everyone. It's a beautiful video, and like I'm like, you know, you can't hate the Spurs. Like you may not like them, but you absolutely can't hate the Spurs. You can hate Lakers, obviously. You can hate for them having you know like absolute beasts uh, in Shaq and then Kobe. Though is it's very easy to hate Kobe if you're not a Lakers fan. Yep. Uh, but but. The way they came back in 2014 and won that series after being 28 seconds away from be- winning the 2013 series is, I think, it's very underrated how how difficult it is to, you know, almost be there, not get it, and then come back and do an as perfect a job as possible the next season. It was magical. You know, I, I actually think of the 14 and the 03 titles as um, among my favorites of the five we've won um, because <laughs> it's it, it was so of a five we won of a five okay, yeah all yeah right, all right, all right. <laughs> it was so uh, just hinged it was on a thread it felt like you know because OKC was so hard to get over and um, the the three that Manu hit over OKC was just uh, unbelievable in every literal sense of the word I, to, to get past that team was crazy um, and, but, you know, the beautiful game, it's just like, you know, it, we were the proto-warriors. I, <laughs> I wish we got more credit yeah. for being the, the, the genesis to uh, what Steph and Clay and all of them put together because... I mean, if Bob didn't hate taking three so much, I think you would have been, <laughs> like, Suns 2.0 or, like... Well, I, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, but a lot of people forget that, you know, a lot of people forget the early Spurs, which uh, was basically their whole offense was give it to Timmy and move away. 
So that the mm-hmm. entire 2003, 2005, I would say, I'd say, I think it started from the 2007 onwards, where it was more of space it, you know, pass the ball around, get your open threes. Uh, but the first, I think, eight years of Spurs was just give the ball to Timmy and wait for a pass. You know, and that's that was kind of the offense for the most part. It worked. Uh, and I think, yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people forget that the Spurs had to sort of take a couple of years to, like, really convert that offense into a more fluid offense, make mm-hmm. Manu and Tony kind of the, the, the sort of bench points of where, you know, everybody kind of moved around. And Timmy was more of the defensive sort of uh, stopper. Anchor, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think a lot of credit should go there. And we could have won, I think, both titles against the great Heat team, Miami uh, the Heat. Miami Heat team. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just don't understand how we lost like, lost to the Thunder. Like, it just, it, it, it boggles Don't me. hate, okay. Well, <laughs> I know, you guys, lost, you guys lost twice to us, in the, and one was even without James Harden. Well, I, I think... You guys t- lost the, the, two series to us. The 2012 one is which I just I just can't. Oh. Yeah, that was, one's hard to get over. That was uh, that that <laughs> one is hard to get over. Uh, and also, I've noticed this, and I haven't done the I have I haven't done the research on this, but I think most teams that defeat the Spurs, uh, they go on to lose the next series. I don't know if this is very true, but it it just seems like it takes out it takes out so much from you to defeat the Spurs that you go out yeah. and the next series you just have nothing in you to go win. It. Yeah, I mean, in 2016, the, I think. Uh, yeah. No, how can the same team Thunder that beat? Uh, <laughs> right. That how can the, how can the Thunder that that defeated the Spurs get swept by mm. by this by LeBron James Heat team? They were too tired. I see. Uh, it was an asterisk season. We should get that title back. <laughs> uh, there are phantom calls. It was not a good series. Hey, uh, anyway. While we're uh, relitigating old series here, uh, Ashwin, <laughs> I'm going to use you as our as our Lakers rep. Will you admit that oh. Derek Fisher couldn't possibly have shot a turnaround jumper in 0.4 seconds? Yeah, impossible. <laughs> impossible. That was that was but a David. David, but David Stern had strict instructions to switch on the clock only. Uh, 0.2 seconds after it hit his hand. So, <laughs> you know, the league is the league works like the that. league was rigged. The league was rigged. That's that's why it's a it, that should have been a three-peat. Like that was I look at 04 as our as our title and it was a three-peat from 03 uh, to 05. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I I don't see the Spurs losing to the Pistons, but who knows? I mean I I did love that that Pistons team was special. It was a good team. But, uh, yeah. It was a good team, and they took you to seven games in 20, uh, 2005. So. I mean, they asked. That's something. Yeah, they, they were a good team. Yeah. Big, big shot. Bob put him away. That was a great, great last second shot as well. <laughs> oh, and also, yeah. you, you saw? Did you see the um, so uh, the part about in the basketball 2.0? Up in smoke, all up smoke, all smoke up. What is that thing called? Up in smoke. Up in smoke, right? All the smoke. <clears throat> something like that. Which one is it? I need closure. Please tell me. I think it is. <laughs> all the smoke. It's all the smoke. smoke. All the smoke. All the smoke. All the smoke. Yeah, Matt Barnes and <clears throat> Steven Jackson. <laughs> Who gave them a mic? <laughs> that part. That part is hilarious. They're great. I love them both. <laughs> yeah. They're really good. But yes, uh, but uh, don't love them too much because uh, your one-stop shop for all basketball news should be the Ballist People. <laughs> Ballist People. Just a, su- where... just, a, just a subtle, just a subtle plug. <laughs> we don't have money. We don't have money coming from elsewhere. <laughs> hey, we have, but we have a lot of sponsors. 
Uh, wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> but what were you saying about yes, the Elvis uh, Love so, part? Uh, I mean, uh, Bernie, you must have uh, caught that episode, right? Where the, uh, the legendary Kevin Garnett oh, yeah. uh, talks about his failed attempts to bully oh, yeah. <laughs> Tim Duncan. <laughs> I, I love it. For him to – and you could see it as a fan, not even having a mic up close, but to see how frustrated and angry Garnett would get. He would literally, like – his just jawing and spitting and, and like he's uh, talking to the back of Tim Duncan's head and Tim Duncan's just like smiling to himself. You can see it in the game film. But uh, what Garnett said was that uh, he was a legendary trash talker who didn't trash talk in complete sentences. And so he would just say, oh, nice try or got it or almost. Uh, yeah. And he said it was just infuriating because he wouldn't get perturbed by Garnett's trash talk. Uh, the uh, I would highly recommend that podcast after you listen to Bala's Bay, of course. Yes. Um, obviously, but obviously. Uh, th- there's a there's a another one where he tells his uh, legendary MJ story about uh, the first one. He was a rookie in the league and he trash talked MJ, and that is just an entirely amazing story that KG tells. That the story which starts with I trash talk MJ almost never ends uh, in, in a good way. Yeah. It, it, it never, it never ends. ends. No, never. He was amazing. And to hear that story told, I think someone on the internet spliced that together with J.R. Ryder's version of that story. Um, and to hear those guys tell that story is amazing. Again, I, I, I get most of my thrills just reliving the 90s through the 2014. So I, I watched that. I was watching old Michael Jordan clips. So if you want to go down nostalgia lane, that's a great way to start. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, we are about the present, and we will talk about uh, present. present. I mean, uh, present. Uh, that podcast also. I think the next episode had Demarcus Cousins on as a pod, uh, as a guest, and it was hilarious because I was listening to it, and he's like, uh, "Oh, I want to stay with the Lakers uh, for a long time. Mm. I want to come back." And immediately, like an hour or two after that thing, I <laughs> saw the news about him getting waved off by the Lakers, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this must be a little embarrassing to happen." <laughs> He seemed to have a good time. Though. He's like, LeBron is the best and uh, everyone is the best and this is organization is the best. Please mm. don't uh, cut me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, fe- I feel sad for DeMarcus at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not such uh, a bad uh, let, let me just clear something up. Uh, uh, Vineet is actually a huge... Uh, not liker. I, I don't want to say hater, but he's a huge non-liker of Demarcus Cousins. Yes. He does not like Demarcus Cousins. I don't. Because he tried. He tried to show up Tim Duncan, and Tim Duncan was like, "Really? Uh, really, man?" <laughs> there, there's an entire YouTube clip of like Demarcus like yeah, trying to like bully bullying. bully Tim Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I will say though, I certainly sad what's happened with injuries to him, but he has got a Hall of Fame all-time nickname. To be able to get to say, "Hey, I'm Boogie." That's uh, there's another parallel universe where he does isn't injured, and the Boogie is just the best player in the NBA. It is and, uh, possible, with the yeah. best nickname. Yeah. 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 I mean, he had the skills. It's just so Bernie. Who are your weight. top five uh, Spurs players? T- taking out Timmy and David, you got to take them because they're they're obviously going to be in the top five. Okay. Okay. Other than them. All right. Uh, well, I think obviously you've got to go with Manu and Tony. There's just no question there. Um, I think you got to get some defense, so you got to go with Bowen uh, because okay. he was, you know, he's he's Kobe uh, in what I tell you. The, the, endorsed. In one of those ones where I uh, really started to like Kobe was when he was saying Bowen was the best defender I faced. So um, you need someone who's going to cheap shot. And by the way, uh, 
Kawhi getting injured in the Golden State Series when we would have won the title that year in 15 oh, as well. Oh, easy win. That was easy, an easy win uh, That was karma, though, for all of the Bowen step-unders. <laughs> all of the undercutting. Yeah, it was hard for us to, to really criticize too much because that's, that's what we did to Kobe every series. <laughs> but uh, you got to go with Bowen. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about – this is a – I, I really like Sean Elliott, um, and and for him to have had, uh, he he came he was traded away to Detroit in the '95 season, and then he came back um, prior to '99. He helped us win the '99 title, and that was months before he needed a kidney transplant. So oh. I think he's he's got to make my top five just for uh, got getting us our first title and doing our kidney transplant. I and I actually also for my dad's retirement party hired him to do a quick cameo shout out to my dad for his retirement so that's oh, also nice. he needs nice. to be on my on my top five um so that that gives me four and uh just for um his performance in uh in uh the, the dallas series I'm, I'm gonna throw steve kerr in there because that was one Whoa, where we were looking man. a little bit shaky okay. and those Dan, there's no kawaii leonard, no kawaii leonard. hey we've broken up he's he's, he's our <laughs> he's our ex-girlfriend uh, I, I can't look at him on the court. We don't talk about him. No, I can't believe he got Toronto a title. Uh, it's like we, you know, it's like a, when you when you date uh, someone who's like a, a doctor and you're you you take them through med school and you're supporting them when they when when they're nobody, but then they become a doctor and then they dump you and they go to no, L. Is, is this a personal story? But this is very that. very personal, and so it's just <laughs> it's like it's like every time there's a there's a Clippers game, you're you're looking on Facebook and he's with his new attractive you know, new partner, and we're sitting here, and we're alone, <laughs> swiping on Tinder, looking for our next person, so it's a it's a very bitter uh, omission. That's true, I mean, oh, it, it took me a while, but I, I think I, I have, I have accepted Kawhi as, as our own, uh, someone that we, you know, we raised, and I'm, I'm just happy for all, all his, uh, you know, all the success he has, and I'm going to support him. So that's how that's how I look at it. So, so what's your to- top five, uh, Vineet, excluding Timmy and the Admiral? Uh, my top five has to be Manu, Tony. Um, I really like uh, uh, Kawhi, obviously. So Kawhi would be in there. Uh, You're a bigger then, man than me. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> then I would have uh, Boris Dio. Oh, I love that. Boris Dio. I love that. I think Boris Dio is a very San Antonio kind of player. Uh, uh, he, w- he, w- he would fit in all the teams. Uh, and then I have to put in uh, Big Shot Bob because he got us two titles. Mm. Mm. Uh, so. All good choices. Uh, and Dio, the, the, the fulcrum of the 2014 beautiful game. Oh, he was, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Such a, such a forgotten player, man. Such yeah. a forgotten player. Yeah, that's a great pick. I, I, I regret not naming him and Big Shot Bob. There's just too many... Yeah, you, you took Steve Kerr. Which is, you took Steve uh, Kerr. That was that. Yeah. I, hey, I'm not sure. Okay, Steve Kerr, what is up with that? I'm an emotional guy, and I and that's just uh, <laughs> it was a pivotal moment that finally beat the Lakers. It was just a, a huge, huge turn. Mistakes are forgiven on this podcast. <laughs> we are like that. <laughs> By the way, we had Big Shot Bob on our podcast. Did you yeah. really? That's amazing. Yeah. What it was, was in our initial stages of. Uh, when we were growing up. Oh, in, my God. I think it was season one. Was that was when you guys were... The... He was literally the first big guy, as in first NBA, ex-NBA player who came on the pod. Was that when you guys were at the All-Star game? No, no, no. no, no. Oh, my it God. It was uh, a, a year prior. What prior. a big get. 
What a big get. He's a uh, he's so, legendary. So, so now now now, now yeah. you're one connection away from Big Shot Bob. You can say I was in the same <laughs> podcast as Big Shot Bob. Well, let's do a podcast with Big Shot Bob and get me on there. I want to talk live. <laughs> he, I, yeah, next time, uh, next time he's coming to India, we'll shout you out. You please uh, pack your bags and come to India. Please. Have you ever been to India though? I have not. I would love to, and, and that would be a perfect excuse to go. And uh, if you ever talk to him again, his uh, his uh, game five shot in the 2005 finals. That's that was my 30th birthday gift for my brother. Is a framed photo of that moment. So he's wow. a he's a pivotal one where uh, Rashid Wallace uh, goes to Manu, yep. Ginobili. Yep, yep. You you can't Ginobili. <laughs> Ginobili. Ginobili. Um, man, Manu is such a such a great player, man. Oh he my is. god. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a little surprised that we've not had a, a Manu tribute pod yet. As an idea, I, I think it just, uh, just brings tears. It's just a moment eyes. of time. He's just so oh, good. Shit. He's just well, like he's just so good. That's a uh, the next guy you tell that this is an exclusively Spurs podcast. <laughs> we can uh, do the Manu. Manu it's an easily right fixable thing, guys. Bring me back on, and we'll talk about Manu for an hour. Oh, I, I grew so my hair good. out to look like him in, in uh, 2005. I, I I love those flowing locks. <laughs> oh man, so good. Uh, mm. uh, Alright, yeah, is that that's that's it. That's, that's it, all man. for the pod. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's a good part. Beautiful. All right, Bernie. Thanks so much for taking time out to join. I mean, uh, thanks for having at me. At least we hope that you know, since we started on time, you have a favorable opinion of us. Oh yeah, ball is <laughs> for life. <laughs> we don't like to make our pods. Uh, I mean, our pod guests wait. We like to make if it's just each other, then we might be like five minutes up or down. But uh, five minutes is, by, is being very generous. generous. <laughs> Uh, okay. Thanks so much, man. Thanks so much for making time. Uh, we had an absolute blast uh, talking. Beneath is uh, still bouncing from the joy of discussing uh, Spurs. <laughs> oh man, so. it's been such a long time. Thank you, guys. It's it's uh, it's a relief for, for me to be able to talk I mean, about I mean, the old before, days. Before 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 we sign you off, though, I mean, I, I uh, uh, can you tell us something about Bombfell, your uh, startup? I mean, a little bit about that and like just try to you know. Oh yeah, why don't you pi- why don't you pitch your uh, why don't you Bombfell? I saw that it's about clothes and I like to think that i dress well but uh, i would love for you to you know give us a little more insight into what if, you, if yeah. you're thinking of expanding into india then this would be a <laughs> great opportunity for you to pitch bombfell man yeah so this is a uh, bombfell is an online personal styling service for men you sign up and you get matched with a stylist and they will select clothes for you based on your fit and your taste we send those clothes to your door you have seven days to try everything on and you keep what you like and pay for that only and then you send everything back with a prepaid return label so um like we were mentioning before uh vanit uh and i we met in 2012 in the 500 startups accelerator and uh those were the good old days where we're all in mountain view uh i remember vanit you vanit was sleeping on uh couches uh i was like you're still here like i'd, I'd go home and sleep <laughs> He's he's there at 4 a.m. He's just like I think he lived in the office literally and didn't want to pay rent. So uh, yeah, it was that true. is the truth. That is the truth. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's been um we're, we're we've it's been a long journey for for us all and here we are eight nine years later doing Spurs podcasts and uh, it's been a life is a life is a fun fun journey. One of the few companies that are still alive. Yep. Yes. We're cockroaching. <laughs> We're still alive and kicking. <laughs> uh, 
all right then uh, thanks thanks once again thanks Vinita. bernie third time i'm thanking you but thank you guys a lot of fun uh, vinit i'm not going to thank you but yes uh, uh, i mean uh, audience please uh, subscribe and follow do whatever it is that social media people do we are very weak in social media but our hearts are big enough to you know overcome that <laughs> thank you so much once again and uh, yeah catch you on the next episode vinit say bye bye bye, bye.